Hi, it's Dave. Welcome. Today, I'm joined by James Stevenson. He goes by I cannot underscore enough on Twitter. I've had him on my channel as a previous guest. And today, we're going to highlight and look into Tesla's Q3 earnings, what to expect, what our expectations are. Um, before that, I want to welcome you, James, on the show. How have you been? Great. Uh, always a pleasure to chat with you, Dave. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, for sure. Um, first question here. Let's paint some broad strokes for folks regarding what's going on with Tesla, the company. On one hand, you have sentiment that just seems to be in the gutter. You know, people are saying the stock market is tanking, Tesla is tanking, the economy is tanking, all of that. But on the other hand, you have this company that appears to be very confident with FSD progress, with so-called humanoid robot, with ramping Austin and Berlin, and they're claiming that their backlog is healthy. And what can you make sense? Like, how can you help people make sense of these two very, very different stories, right? And outlook on what's going on. Yeah, uh, those, those two camps are pretty far apart. Uh, it's a tough year, 2022. Uh, I, I don't think many people expected a really deep bear market uh, this year. So that's where Tesla and a whole lot of other companies find themselves right now. But uh, Q2 shouldn't be that hard a uh, quarter to beat because Tesla's most, fact most profitable factory in uh, Shanghai was shut down for four weeks for COVID and then running at limited capacity for another four weeks, uh, only one shift a day, only six days a week, right? So that really impaired a lot of Tesla's profitability metrics in Q2. So expect to see a lot of sequential increases there. I'm expecting all-time records. Uh, we saw a record for uh, production and for deliveries reported already early in the month. Uh, I expect to see more records, you know, for revenue, for earnings, for EBITDA, and uh, for the Tesla growth story to continue. Got it. How about China? The word in ch out of China from some folks is that people have been waiting for a price cut. Um, you know, how, how are you looking at demand in China? What are your expectations? Yeah, that's true. So the, uh, the government in China is offering a new incentive that starts this quarter that we're in. And a rumor went around in September that was widely believed that Tesla would need to reduce the base price of the Tesla Model Y SR uh, from where it was down to below 300,000 Chinese yuan so that it would qualify for that uh, buyer rebate. So a lot of buyers put off taking delivery of their Model Y in September, hoping to get that price increase uh, in uh, this quarter. So far, we haven't seen that price decrease happen, but I am forecasting that it's going to happen because uh, I follow Troy Teslike, and uh, I'm a Patreon supporter of his. Uh, good follow if you're really interested in this stuff. And uh, according to his backlog tabulations, there's still a pretty sizable backlog in the U.S. and in Europe. But in China, it's really small now. Tesla's filled most of those orders already. Uh, so I expect that there will be strategic price cuts for buyers in China uh, this quarter, and uh, those will stay for a while. Got it. Um, what's your outlook kind of on you know demand for Tesla, let's say, next year? Some people are saying that with a sharp uh, recession, mm -hmm. that nobody's going to buy luxury cars and Tesla's going to get hit hard. Um, can Tesla sell, let's say, 50% more cars next year than they do this year? 
Um, will they have to lower their prices significantly? Will that hurt their financials? Like, what's your take? Yeah, definitely. So Tesla sells every car they make. And uh, this year in the U.S., Tesla is the only automaker up by any amount at all. And Tesla is up 47%, according to data published by Automotive News. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for the year-to-date Q3, Ford has the smallest decline at 1%. Honda is down 38% year-over-year. Uh, for year-to-date Q3. So Tesla's, uh, it, it, it's not just this one year that Tesla's doing better. I've got a chart on revenue <laughs> that shows every year Tesla's revenue increases by big amounts, leaps and bounds, and expect that to continue. You know, when when people go shopping for a luxury EV, they may start with a non-Tesla brand, but they want to do comparison shopping. They want to do their research and compare that against what else is out there? What's the first luxury EV brand that comes to mind for most people? It's Tesla, right? So Tesla ends up being in that comparison shopping set. And when people compare um, reviews or uh, specs or metrics on performance, on technology, on software, on safety, on um uh, a, a number of other dimensions, they're going to find that Tesla comes out ahead. You know, supercharging network, who else has one besides Tesla, right? A lot of people still have range anxiety in getting their first EV. So even if the total number of lux luxury vehicles does decline in a down market, expect Tesla to continue taking an outsized share of that market and continuing to grow. Some people are thinking that, you know, if Tesla's going to grow deliveries 50%, every year that their earnings will grow 50%. But if we look at Tesla's financials, there seems to be you know, something different going on. The Tesla's able to grow their earnings far faster than they are their deliveries or their revenue numbers. Can you explain to people what's going on here? Why is Tesla able to grow their earnings so fast, let's say even 100% or even more per year? Sure. Yeah. Well, the, the two uh, ways that I'll break that down are gross margin improvement and operating leverage improvement. So the first one of those is that Tesla's first factory, the Fremont factory, is actually their least efficient factory from a process perspective and um, the least profitable per vehicle. Uh, when you look at the costs per vehicle, the labor costs in the Bay Area are very high. Shipping stuff to the San Francisco area is more expensive than trying to get parts shipped other places on Earth, right? Uh, so they bought that factory from a GM-Toyota joint venture called Numi and got stuck with this old plant with old equipment. Uh, they, they only left the broken equipment behind, right? They took everything else with them when they sold. So Tesla was really stuck with an inefficient place to make cars. Um, and with their newer factories in Shanghai, in Berlin, in Austin, Tesla was able to start with a clean slate, clean sheet of paper to design uh, from the ground up to incorporate new technologies and processes that they invented in many cases along the way. Uh, stuff like front and rear body castings, uh, right? These lower the cost per vehicle. And as these factories ramp up, they have lower costs per vehicle to make the same vehicle, you know, that in the case of Model 3 or Model Y that's made 
at Fremont at a higher cost per vehicle. So you've got gross margin improvement as you ramp up. And you don't have to increase your headquarters or sales and marketing or research and development costs just because you're selling more cars around the world, right? Uh, so Tesla is getting more efficient. You know, when, when you've got a factory on every continent, your shipping costs go way down because your buyers are closer to where the car is being made. Um, but all of those costs uh, come down as a percent of your average dollar of revenue yielding greater earnings. So you might have 50% revenue growth and 100% earnings growth. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, let's go ahead and dive into um, some specifics on Q3 earnings here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I think it would be cool to hear some of your um, projections, but we'll keep it a little bit broad stroked. I don't want to go too finely detailed in this video. I want to hit the main categories of revenue, let's say gross margins, um, operating profit and net earnings. So let's take a look at um, first uh, my spreadsheet here for the past uh, few quarters and also you know this quarter um, and next. Last quarter we saw about 254,000 deliveries, 14.6 billion in, in automotive revenues. Gross margin was about 27.9%. Uh, gross profit at 4.2 billion. Um, gap gross margin is 25%. Operating expenses was 1.77 billion, and op- operating income was 2.46 billion. Operating margin was 14.6 percent, and we're left with a gap 2.25 billion and non-gap 2.6 billion dollars. All right, so we already know Q3 has 343,000 cars, or almost 344,000. Revenue will increase, um, and likely gross margin operating pro- gross profit and operating profits. But let's go ahead and take a look at your um, spreadsheet and forecast right now. And right. let's go kind of, uh, yeah, let's go kind of hit the big kind of items right now. And um, I'll go ahead and, yeah, ask you kind of some questions here. So with your automotive, um, let's say, uh, revenue here, so point point one leasing. So total automotive revenue, almost $20 billion. What is your ASP um uh, average sales price per call, car that you're calculating on this? Yeah, uh, I want to say it's $58,000. Let me run over. Yes, I was just looking at this. 58700 against uh, uh, prior quarter, 57330 So increasing mostly as a result of price increases that have happened throughout the year uh, that take a while to flow through. So when there's a long backlog and you raise prices, um, you still have a lot of backlog to fill before any of those price increases come through. So the more time goes by, the more revenue you're going to make from buyers who bought in uh, after the price increase took effect. Got it. Makes sense. And then um, um, regulatory credits, um, I, I don't think you have it on this page, but what are what's your forecast yeah, I, I think it's three hundred sixty thousand, something like that. Um, okay. And how are you uh, getting that? Are you just kind of moving over last quarter's uh, regulatory credits, or, or is there three hundred three hundred thirty-eight million dollars? <laughs> Sometimes I confuse okay. million, billion, and thousand, which is not great uh, when you're doing <laughs> videos about financials. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got three hundred thirty-eight million dollars forecast in Q3 2022 for regulatory credit sales. 
Got it. Um, and how's, how are you calculating that? Is it just so, based off of last quarter? Just guessing? I've got a, I've got a crazy complicated okay. model here. Okay. Uh, so uh, I've got about 2,000 rows on this model. Um, so for each of the vehicles at each of the sites, I've got a regulatory credits line with a calculation for how much I think the regulatory credits per vehicle will be for that model at that site. And then um, I'm using a pretty standard assumption across most of those. Let me scroll on down here to the totals section and show you my total regulatory credit revenue. There's that $338 million again. Mm -hmm. I should zoom in here so you can see that better, uh, which is actually, you know, down uh, per vehicle versus where it used to be. The more uh, time goes by, the more vehicles Tesla sells, but this dollar amount of regulatory credit revenue uh, tends to hover around in about the same area. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the revenue per vehicle is decreasing over time, which is uh, probably what uh, Zach means when he says this is becoming a smaller and less important part of our business. Um, I've got a bunch of charts, and uh, I think I can find one very quickly. Here it is. Let me zoom in here. So this is how Tesla makes its average dollar of revenue. I can mm -hmm. still zoom in a little more. Uh, you can see it used to be about five cents on every dollar of revenue that Tesla made. And that number has been dropping, dropping, dropping. Last quarter, it was about two cents into the future. I expect it to decline from there as uh, other areas grow. Got it. All right. All right. Let's go back to your um, Q3 uh, spreadsheet. How are you calculating um, gross margins? Let's see what your gross margin actually expectation is here. Um, so you have cost of revenues, got it, at 13.77 billion um, for auto. Um, total cost of revenue, 16.2. So for those who kind of are newer to spreadsheets or to profit loss statements, you're basically taking revenue, which is the money coming in, and then you're deducting or minusing the, the cost of that revenue, which is basically the cost to build those products, right? So these are, you know, factory workers, the labor. These, this is the depreciation, the amortization of factory equipment and the factories. This is all the raw materials, right, that go into making these cars. Um, so that's all cost of revenue or cost of goods, right? Um, the same thing. So if you take revenue, which is 22.4 billion, James has, minus it by um, cost of revenue, which you have 16.2, you're left with the gross profit. So $6.2 billion. Um, you're not... You, calculating gross margin percent off of this right off of this spreadsheet but i guess you can add I that can. in yeah, divide it yeah let's check you. out what your gross uh, margin is this is a percent yeah 27.7 uh in total so that's going to be different from the automotive gross margin percent yeah. because that one would be based only on the automotive revenue and the automotive cost of sales and then there's another one you can do where you throw out the regulatory credits and just look at automotive yeah. gross margin, yeah. um, excluding regulatory credits, which is Rob Maurer's favorite uh, metric, the first one he runs to when he sees the earnings report come out. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of analysts, actually, that's the most important for them. Um, yeah, let's go ahead. Why don't you go ahead? Let's uh, calculate um, auto margin. Um, I guess just to sure. do with regulatory cards. I just want to see what you have compared to um, last quarter and how you're justifying kind of the increase in gross margin here. So well, we if know the cost that of sales is 69.5, then you need to subtract uh, that from one. Yeah. So yeah. let's go ahead. Um, Q2 uh, last year or last quarter, we had automotive gross margin. This is including regulatory credits of 27.9%. Um, so what what's your forecast uh, this quarter uh, for auto margin, including regulatory credits? I've got it going up to 30.5% okay. with a lot more of the vehicles that were delivered in Q3 being manufactured mm -hmm. in Shanghai. Tesla's lowest okay. cost per vehicle factory. So that ought to be helping quite a lot. And then you've got the price increases helping as well. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. We know that Zach Kierkorn, the CFO, said that in Q2, their gross margins were hit significantly because they had these idle factory costs, new, like getting this factory back up and running as well. It just hit their margins quite significantly. So yeah, we're going to probably see a big jump in um, recovering actually with gross margin. Um, let's go to the operating expenses here. So right now um, you go down to that line, you have total operating expenses at $1.77 billion. It's close to last quarter. Um, it seems a bit low. Uh, would like to get your, your thoughts on this. Do you think that they'll have some... Um, additional restructuring expenses because we know that you know they, they had some layoffs we know that they took some restructuring but I would expect that to be kind of spread out over a couple quarters at least um, so I mean 1.77 seems a bit low but I mean what's your kind of reasoning behind that number there yeah so we did have some layoffs in uh, q2 that hit there um, and it was something else that hit in Q2 that was a weird, oddball, wild card amount. They're very hard to, to yeah. predict. Oh, we had a Bitcoin impairment come through uh, last mm -hmm. quarter. But then Tesla surprised us all by selling 75% of their Bitcoin. I don't have anything yeah. uh, forecast for restructuring another in Q3. I hope that they would have taken all of those salaried hits right away. Time value money says you would rather go ahead and uh, take that hit and get it behind you and then mm -hmm. uh, move into the future without uh, that stuff following you around. Got it. Um, let's go ahead and um, let's switch to um, my spreadsheet here. So I'm kind of on the higher end. I'm kind of, you know, saying that, hey, it could be as high as $2 billion in operating expenses. I think there could be some restructuring. I also think Tesla is on a hiring spree with AI talent and R&D a bit. Um, just, you know, especially being an AI day and seeing just how they're just really aggressive in hiring. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, we've got, you know, a good $200 million in operating expense difference. We'll see. The lower the operating expenses, the more impressed I will be, you know, with how uh, discipline Tesla is um, handling their operating expenses. So yeah, and then um, going up to automotive gross margin, I have it about 29.9%, a little bit lower than James. I just think that um, um, I think Austin and Berlin um, are still ramping. Zach noted that, you know, it's going to hit, it's hitting into cost of goods now. Um, 
I, I think every quarter sequentially will be, we'll see good improvements on this, especially with higher production ramp, um, but just slight differences here. Um, let's go back to James, your, your spreadsheet here, and let's talk about after we deduct um, operating expenses, you come up with a figure, right? Gross profit, you're at uh, $6.2 billion um, for the quarter. And um, actually, no, operating actually operating profit four point four billion dollars, right? After operating expenses, there you go. Um, yeah, and that's actually a big jump. Um, is that is Q two is the is that the um, the G column yeah. the column next to you? Okay. Yeah, that's Q2. so we got a big jump. Um, what is that? That's not that's like almost a doubling of of operating yeah. profit. Huh? You, you can see it's all coming from the gross profit, right? If your gross profit's yeah. up two billion and you don't give any back. Um, that's what you'll have at the EBIT line. Yeah, I mean the remarkable thing, and I love this about Tesla's financials, and I um, is their operating expenses is like at least with your projections, they're like they're like equal, they're the same. So all that gross profit you see that's increased, let's say from four point two to six point two, that's all coming down into you know basically operating profit. So that's why you see this big jump from two point four to four point four. You have a two billion jump because gross profit just jumped. 2 billion, but operating expenses didn't jump at all. Um, yeah, this is the beauty of Tesla's uh, business model here. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and uh, both yeah, of yeah, us it's, have it's been great. forecasting long enough to know that uh, the first rule of forecasting is whatever you forecast, it will be wrong. So neither of us yeah, believe exactly. we forecast yeah. all of the right numbers here. It'll probably be uh, some other number <laughs> besides exactly, yours or yeah, mine. Yeah. Exactly, it will, yeah, the the likelihood or almost guarantee that your numbers are are off it's going to be a different number um you have um yeah interest income interest expense minimal income before taxes okay let's look at net income here so you have four billion dollars um in um i'm guessing gap uh net income um and yes. then you dilute it so you're at 1.16 um dollars per share is that correct Dollar sixteen gap earnings per share. Gap. Yeah, so it'd Got be a dollar twenty-seven non-gap. Okay. Got it. Let's go ahead and switch over to my uh, spreadsheet here. I'm forecasting. Um, I guess my op my gross profit is a lower number because my gross margins are lower. Um, the operating expenses are a bit higher than yours at two billion. So um, we're come. I'm coming in at gap. Net income at 3.2, non-gap 3.7, so about 95 cents gap and 1.12, $1.12 for non-gap. Um, no, I mean we're we're in this you know general vicinity, you know similar range. I would say I'm I'm trying to be, I try to be kind of as conservative usually as I can. If I don't know, I just kind of opt to kind of you know say higher than um, um, higher than expected. I say operating expenses or lower gross margins or et cetera. Um, let's go back to your stream here. Any other kind of um, notes on these kind of items? Um, um, anything particular, in, particularly interesting for you with you know, the revenue yeah. margins um, expenses? So uh, a, a very recent item that came up was the uh, foreign currency translation uh, impact. So uh, the dollar has been strengthening this year against other currencies, including the yuan and the euro. And I didn't have that modeled in my forecast. So I went and added like 300 new rows at the bottom of oh, my wow. detailed model mm -hmm. so that I could put in at the same level of detail I would need it. 
assumptions for how much that currency strengthening impact would be on all the revenues and all the costs for automotive, energy, and services and other. And I ran it all the okay, way through. Think, yeah, what's the impact? At the gross margin impact line, it was $0 <laughs> of impact. The cost of sales huh. came down by as much as the revenue came down by. So it's good to know huh. that both of those are going to be lower, you know, maybe half a billion dollars lower uh, on the revenue and the yeah. cost of sales than you would get if you weren't adjusting for that. Um, mm -hmm. But no difference at the, uh, at the earnings line versus what you would have had if you didn't put them in. Huh. Interesting stuff. Um, all right, um, let's take a quick look um, at Q4 because um, Q3 is in the past, actually. You know, this is actually previous you know, quarter. So we're in, already in Q4, um, already strongly into it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and switch out to my screen here. If you don't mind okay. um, highlighting maybe your um, Q4 to here. I'll just change my Q3 to Q4. Bam, yeah, yeah. done. <laughs> um, so on my Q4, let's say hypothetically Tesla does deliver 470,000 vehicles, um, gets close to their 50% year-over-year guidance. Um, you know, I'm looking, and let's say gross margins are a bit higher than this quarter, um, and let's say gross margin or gap gross margins as well. Operating expenses, I'm actually being conservative. I hope I'm wrong with this. I hope Tesla comes in at under 1.8 billion this quarter, second so justice. But you know, let's say. You know, it does go higher. I'm looking at operating margins finally getting above 20%. I think that's a big milestone. I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but like getting above 20% operating margins um, at this stage of the game where, you know, Austin and Berlin aren't even fully ramped. That's impressive. Um, so I'm looking at gap uh, net income at 5 billion and basically non-gap at about 5.5 billion. Let's go ahead and um, look at your Q4 numbers here. I, I, right. I kind of want to highlight this because... It just seems with higher deliveries, you're gonna have you know more revenue, more you know, or stronger gross margins, which are gonna lead to stronger gross profits. And as long as operating expenses are generally stable, then a lot of that's gonna flow through into operating profit, which is just gonna, I think, surprise people. You know, um, I think this is the kind of the strength of Tesla's business model. So let's check out uh, Q4 here. Can you kind of go over the the highlights here? Yeah, I've got it going up a lot. Uh, so the, the delivery volumes are going to be a lot higher in Q4 because there's going to be uh, continued ramping in Austin and Berlin, and uh, Shanghai won't have those shutdowns uh, to worry about. They were actually um, tooling up their lines early in Q3 as well as the closures they had in Q2. Uh, but that was to increase production capacity at the factory. So long-term, it's a good thing. And you start to see those benefits come through in Q4. Uh, even with some uh, price decreases, uh, especially in China, uh, the automotive uh, <laughs> revenue goes up a lot, you know, $4, four billion worth of growth versus Q3-ish. Uh, and then uh, a little uh, continued strengthening in energy and services and other. So it's going to be a big record Q4. But what else is new for Tesla? They've been setting records in, what, 11 of the past 12 quarters uh, yeah. in, in a lot of these areas. Uh, so... Uh, 
Yeah, good. Happy days are ahead for Tesla. If you're uh, looking at the stock price yeah. today and worried about uh, where it is, don't panic. Uh, it's it's going to get better. Yeah, you're looking at operating income, um, 5.5 billion next quarter. Um, let me yeah. check out my um, spreadsheet here. I have operating income, yeah, 5.7. Well, okay, so I guess. Um, we're right around this similar, I guess, numbers with operating income, at least. Um, yep. yeah. And I have a wacky like... item happening in Q4 for provision for income taxes. I think Tesla's oh. going to take a deferred tax asset. Uh, okay. So that's going to be a negative income tax number, which is a weird thing to ever see on a p and um, I see. Uh -huh. So that's what's happening there. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah, I like the operating... Um, kind of uh, income operating profit number a lot just because um, it gives a great, I think net income is, is fine too, but sometimes you have some one-time expenses, you know, other stuff. Um, but you have Tesla trending toward, you know, let's say above $5 billion operating income, possibly by the end of the year. If things go well, there's no big, you know, force majeure or, or factory shutdown, et cetera. If you analyze that, that's over $20 billion, right? Um, um, run rate right now and operating profit. And the question is like, what multiple do you want to give right off of that? Let's say operating profit number. Um, and for a company that's growing, let's say revenue or at least delivery is 50% and earnings much higher for many years to come. Um, yeah. And it seems like Tesla, if you go off of the operating profit mar margin uh, numbers, Tesla is, is in pretty, um, pretty attractive, you know, buying space right now in terms of overall market cap. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got about $5 worth of non-GAAP earnings in for this year and almost $10 worth of non-GAAP earnings for 2023 for full year next year. So you look at a stock price at $200 against those, you know, a, a 40 PE against this year's earnings, a 20 PE against next year's earnings. That is not a lot of premium to pay for a company growing earnings by 100% year over year, right? Uh, yeah. You're supposed to want to pay or need to pay a lot more for a company that has, you know, world-class profitability and earnings growth, right? That's supposed to come at a premium. And right now, for whatever reason, uh, in my judgment, uh, the stock is oversold, which is not trading advice. Yeah. Do your own research for entertainment purposes yeah, exactly. only, et cetera. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think people who are buying Tesla at 52-week lows uh, right now are going to be happy they did in 52 weeks or less. Sure. Um, what do you think are some risks? What are the kind of the biggest risk areas or factors that you are kind of paying attention to the mo to, to most? Well, I, I didn't have nuclear war on my bingo card for 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you always think that one's not going to be a, a real thing. Uh, so I guess that's a risk. Um, so China can always be a risk, right? So if you're looking for a force majeure, um, maybe uh, that's a place you go. Um, goodness. Um, I, I always struggle to find lots of uh, genuine concerns for Tesla. I mean, um, it, it, because if I told you something like FSD could take longer to develop, well, 
most Wall Street analysts don't have it in their price target anyway. I can tell you the robot's going to take longer to develop. Well, nobody has that in their earnings model right now. Maybe a few people, right? So you're, you're kind of getting uh, those, those call options for free when you invest in Tesla. And um, yeah, I mean, there, there's key man risk. Uh, obviously, uh, Elon Musk is um, the driving force behind so much of the progress Tesla has made over the past 10 years. And if for any reason uh, he stopped doing that, that would be a risk. Um, but I'll have to get back to you on other ones. Yeah, I think um, one of the factors that's helped Tesla is this federal tax credit for EVs that was passed recently. I think in next next year we'll get, you know, I think Tesla cars will be eligible for some of that. And that just really, I think, backstops demand. I mean, in a sense that demand is is practically almost guaranteed, right, in the U.S. for Tesla's cars. Um, Europe is still you know, growing their, their production. Um, China um, definitely is is more ambiguous, but, you know, the, the whole Asia region, there's a lot of demand out there as well. Um, and then again, you know, Tesla is not um, stuck with just the Model 3 and the Model Y. They're already aggressively working on, right, their next generation platform, I think, which will have a big uh, leap or step up in terms of efficiency. So yeah, this journey or this story is definitely, I think, still in its early innings. Um, James, I wanna thank you for uh, coming on the channel, sharing your thoughts on Q3 earnings. We'll definitely uh, be on the lookout for what Tesla reports um, on Wednesday. They um, report shortly after market close and then they'll have their conference earnings call after that. And yeah, we'll give a breakdown. I'm sure James will give a breakdown on his channel as well. Go ahead and um, check out James's uh, YouTube channel, James Stevenson. Um, and he's got some cool videos on kind of breaking down a lot of these financials on Tesla. Um, yeah, anything else, James, uh, before we kind of close up? Sure, yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate the plug. Uh, I'll be tweeting out my forecast shortly. Uh, so if people want to see all the detailed um, charts and uh, tables that go into my forecast, I've got a 30 tweet thread coming uh, on Twitter at I cannot underscore enough or just Google James Stevenson Tesla. Uh, and you can find my YouTube channel really fast. Awesome. Thanks, James. And yeah, we'll definitely connect again soon. All right. Thanks, Dave.